Everybody and welcome back to Goodland, the land where everything is good. Because what is better than hanging out with two best friends? My name is Norin, and I am one of those best friends. And I'm the other. I'm Michael. Well, you might notice that things look a little different. For starters, I'm on the left now instead of the right where I usually am. So, um, <laughs> it's a little bit off this week, huh? We have had an incredible amount of technical difficulties trying to get this episode started. In fact, this is the second time we started recording, and probably the fourth or fifth that we've attempted to start the show just this week. So, uh, things have <laughs> gone. Had to work for it. Yeah, thing, things have been a little interesting. So, hopefully, this works. We have switched away from Zoom for this episode, and uh, Discord has become our savior. So hopefully Discord can keep up with all the rootin' tootin' good times that we're about to get into here this week. Um, hopefully Discord has what it takes to keep up with us. Um, also, you can see we've got a wider view of my room than usual, um, which is, uh, I feel a little exposed. There's more of me available to the <laughs> eye, you know? So it's interesting. True. At least you you enjoy showing off some of the things in there. You've got some nice posters and. That's true. I am pretty proud of everything. I am, and also all these technical difficulties have given my lava lamp time to get started. So maybe, uh, by the end of this episode, we'll actually get to see some lava, lamping. So stay tuned. We'll have to follow up with that, huh? Yeah, stay tuned for that bit of exciting information. Um. So, Michael, I know that you already have, but tell me about your week, please. <laughs> and maybe this time we can actually record you telling me about it. Yeah, I'll go through. My, my week's been, um, again, you know, school and work, but this week I've had uh, a lot of family members drop on by just kind of for the moment. Um, you know, my brother's been here uh, in the town over here for work, and then um, I had some other family members come visit, so it's just been super busy. Really nice to, to see family members, but it's all very impromptu, so <laughs> uh, a little bit chaotic, but in the end, a, a good thing. It's been a while since I've seen some of them, so. That's good. That's good. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you've, I, you could definitely tell we've been busy since we took a week off, um, and then this is coming out hopefully just one day late. We'll see. I don't want to jinx it. Hopefully it'll just come out one day late. But yeah, things definitely have been busy. Um, and I mean, for me, it's pretty much just been the same, just work. But um, it's uh, it's definitely good that you're getting to see your family again. I know that uh, you're kind of out in the middle of nowhere now. So yeah, a little bit, a little bit out for, further than normal. That's for sure. Um, this week, Michael, I went and I saw some comedy shows uh performed oh, by really? a yeah by by a mutual acquaintance of ours one eric doan um he was taking some classes he was in an improv comedy class and he was in a stand-up comedy class and uh this past weekend they had their like performance for like the end of the class and so I went and saw Eric do an improv comedy class with his group, um, and I saw him do stand-up. And let me just tell you that Eric's stand-up comedy performance that he did was killer. He was by far the best performer there, yeah. and I was busting up laughing the whole time. He was hilarious. So I was super proud of him. I, mean, I thought he did great. That's definitely something that he would take to heart like that is definitely eric's personality for yeah sure. for sure and so like that, I, that's really cool that he's been able to use that yeah i was super proud of him for going out and 
giving it a shot because it's a uh, stand-up comedy is something that he's always like been interested in pursuing. Um, so the fact that he actually like got the courage to go out and try it, I was super proud of him. Um, I thought, I thought he did great. So I was, I was really happy um, to, to know that he was out there doing something, um, something constructive and something that, uh, you know, fall in his dream like that. Yeah, no, that that's really cool. Is he so? Is this part of just like a, a course of the course over, or does he like get to keep doing it? So these, I believe, were like the level one courses, and so um, I think he'll be able to go forward and sign up for the higher level ones too. Um, but let's see if I can turn this into a segue. Stand up comedy. A lot of people have really strong opinions about comedy, what they think is funny, who that they is think true. is funny. And a lot of these can oftentimes be considered hot takes. And speaking of hot takes, that's what we're going to dive into this week on <laughs> Goodland. Um, this was a really fun episode hot to put take, together. Was that a good transition? I, <laughs> yeah, let us know in the comments below. Give us your hot take on whether or not that was a natural seeming segue into this next section. <laughs> um this was a super fun episode to put together because uh, we didn't have to do as much work as we usually did because we reached out to you, the audience, to get some of your hot takes. Um, I tweeted out on Twitter. I put up an Instagram story. I even uploaded to our TikTok page. There is now a TikTok with me just speaking to the TikTok verse, which I kind of thought I would never do, but here we are. And I asked for hot takes, and boy, did I get some. And uh, Michael, you asked your family members for some as well. And so we have gathered some hot yeah, takes. Yeah, I've been asking everyone. Yeah, exactly. It's fan we've been we've been gathering from from people we know, people we don't know, um, and we are super excited to debate these hot takes. Um, you know, we've. We have a, a lot of experience in this regard. We think that after the wiki house and after the uh, Am I the A-Hole uh, Reddit posts, we've essentially become experts in uh, determining whether someone is right or wrong. So that is what we're going to dive into again this week on Goodland. But with your hot takes from you, we're going to let you know if your hot take is right or if it is wrong. So, I guess, um, shall I start? I have a long list based on ones that I've collected from our various social medias. Yeah, I was going to say, I think we both have very good, good length of list. Let's, uh, let's start. Let's okay. see what you have. Yeah, so this first one comes to us from Twitter, uh, from Twitter user at Cusco Sucks. Which, uh, if you've been paying attention, that's Parker who wrote our theme song. So, <laughs> thank you, Parker Cusco Beats at Cusco Sucks on Twitter. Check him out because he makes glorious little beats for your ears to feast on. He does. He's been putting out some new stuff. So, yeah, so please check him out. Um, but Parker says ketchup, mustard, and mayonnaise are menaces to society. He says he's not afraid to say it. Ooh. That's a hot take. What are you? What's your gut reaction to this? Man, I mean, let let's hear it again. Direct quote: Ketchup, mustard, and mayonnaise are menaces to society. Dang. I don't know. You may. My first take is like, man, what? did these condiments do <laughs> to our friend here? Who hurt <laughs> what you? Yeah, what has prompted this? Because <laughs> I have, you know, I would probably say all good experiences. <laughs> yeah. Like, what what Burger King drive through did you go through that hurt you so bad? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I love the condiments, you know? At least me personally. So that... That is certainly a hot take. I feel like there could be a, quite a good amount of debate about that. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely am. Uh, I am pro condiment. Um, I I'm not the biggest fan of mayonnaise, but even though I don't like it that much, I think it's essential. Like, just for the fact of like, for the purpose of lubricating your sandwiches. I think it is necessary. Oh, that was like the worst way to say that. <laughs> That's why people don't like condiments. <laughs> but but seriously though, like a sandwich without mayo is just so dry. Like I, I don't like mayonnaise that much, but I it is a yeah, necessity to put on top of sandwiches. Even though I don't like it, it just enhances the sandwich consuming experience. I can't imagine life without them. I also love ketchup. I put ketchup on a lot of things. That's a, that's a good point. See, I, I was saying like Kels and I, like we make our own mayo and we do it with like, like the traditional mayo recipe. And man, that is like night and day from like Miracle Whip. <laughs> I was just going like to, I was that. just going to ask, like, are you a Miracle Whip or a mayo man? If you've got to go store-bought. I was going to say, it, it is night and day from both of those. So, like, I, I definitely appreciate it and enjoy it. So I can't even imagine, like, like, like you said, you know, some meals just need it. Like French fries, they're they're not quite the same without a sauce. So, see, I, I'm interested. I want to know what Parker thinks of all sauces. Well... You know? Yeah, I'm curious what Parker says too, but this is a good segue. So another one I have from Twitter from at it's just Asa. Um, basically, take uh, it's just Asa takes Parker's a little further and says, condiments aren't always necessary. If condiments are necessary, uh, you've been spoiled with either really good condiments or unlucky enough to have bad food in front of you. Oh, see, that's a that's a good point. There have been many a times where I've had to drown. Um, not too good fries and condiments. You yeah, know, like a not too tasty sandwich. Definitely, that, definitely understand that. So yeah, but I mean, I have to say there are some good condiments out there. Oh, you know, there there yeah. are some places, some restaurants like Chick Fil A sauce is one that comes to mind. I like Chick Fil A sauce. Red Love Robin's campfire Kings. sauce. Yeah. Red Robin's campfire. There's some real good, real good sauces out there. I will say. So yeah, I bottled campfire sauce does not taste at all like it does at the restaurant. Like you can get Red Robin campfire sauce in bottles at Walmart, and it mm. it is it just pales in comparison. It is not the same sauce recipe. Dang, that actually leads pretty good. To to, to one of my hot okay takes. yeah let's hear it so this one says that soda fountain drinks that you'd get like at mcdonald's or anywhere are superior to canned soda or bottled soda oh interesting who submitted that one that this one um is anonymous Oh, okay. Uh, I took I took a lot of mine anonymously. Nice, so, I like it. A little bit of a little bit of mystery I, on I the knew show. Some could could some could end up in some shade. So. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, we got we definitely want to protect that, don't we? Um, yeah, no, that's yeah, a good one. So this, this um, I know that like universally, like people revere McDonald's Sprite specifically. It's like uh, kind yeah, of all that, all over the that internet. Is one of the key examples. Uh, what do what do you personally feel about the difference between canned and fountain? You know, I didn't even like think about it. This didn't even cross my mind until they said this, and right away I was like, you know what? I think you might be right. Like, and maybe that's just because it's usually coupled with something. Mm. You know, maybe there's some other factors influencing this, but I personally. If I could choose between canned soda and like a nice glass bottle soda, glass bottle will always be my number one choice. So I agree that there is some little bit of a difference. So I think I might agree. Yeah, I'm I'm inclined to agree as well. Um, I think that a fountain soda experience is going to be less consistent than a 
than a can soda. So so fountain is going to be less consistent than can because with fountain, you know, you're dependent on the level of syrup that is left in the pouch at the time that you pour it. Uh, with a can, you're going to get pretty much the same thing every time unless it's been sitting there for years and becomes flat. But I think that a fresh, you hook up a fresh bag to your fountain and that's going to be like some of the best soda you've ever tasted. But if you let it go for a while and that bag starts to run out, then it's not going to be near as good. So it's less consistent, but I think the high is better than the high of the can. Hmm, has greater potential. Yeah, I think I think that's that my sense. official stance on it. But I think I'm with you. I think I think glass bottle is uh, the the top. And you pull pull a glass bottle right out of the fridge so it's nice and ice cold. That's where it's at. Mm, yeah i love soda i (laughs) it's like almost unhealthy like when i was working at the movie theater i got i got a medium soda for 50 cents which was like this big so like more than enough (laughs) it's like two people's worth of soda quite a lot for 50 cents so i got one every day on break so i was drinking soda a, a massive cup of soda every day and I just got hooked. And so I've tried to cut back on my soda consumption pretty considerably, but it is so hard because I love soda so much. <laughs> See, it's been quite a while since I've had soda. So what's your I, go-to I man? Like I was just going to say Coke is just so good. That's one of my favorite drinks. Me just too. Like a, a nice, nice cold Coke is just the absolute best. Do you remember when we were at Disneyland and I made us stop at a Wetzel's Pretzels just so I could get a Coke? (laughs) Yes. Do you remember that? The people at Wetzel's Pretzels were very confused as I walked in and stood in line and said, can I get a Coke? And they were like, yeah, do you want a pretzel? (laughs) And I was like, no, just the soda. Speaking... Man, I can completely forgot about that that was good times and it is a great segue into another hot take that i have this hot take is by at harley mouse on tiktok and uh she says disney world and disneyland are revolutionary theme parks and shouldn't even be considered theme parks because they raise the bar so high oh okay yeah What's your what's your uh, theme park uh, level of experience? How many like amusement parks have you attended? Yeah, see, that's the thing is I haven't been to nearly as many as I think you have because I've been to like some smaller ones and I've been to Lagoon and Disneyland. I've been to Disneyland a couple times. So we also went really, to Silverwood. That's, about, that's true. That's kind we went of we a went cross country. Yeah, that's kind of. Yeah. So definitely like definitely some, but not too much. You've been to like a couple other though, others though, right? Yeah, yeah. Um I've been I've been to Lagoon and Silverwood and Disneyland. Obviously, we went to those together <laughs> on all, all those trips <laughs> we attended to together. together. But you've been with some family and stuff. Too. I've also been to Disney World and I've been to Universal Studios, both of those in Florida. After I graduated high school, after senior year that summer, we my family took a trip to Florida and we went to uh, Disney World and and uh, Universal Studios. And I will say, just the difference between Disney World and Universal Studios Florida, they are on completely different levels. Uh, Disney World is four different parks in one, and each one of them is like like as big as as Universal Studios, um, except for Harry Potter World. Harry Potter World within Universal Studios is like an entirely different park than the rest of Universal Studios. It's insane, and it I would say Harry Potter World is like Disneyland level of of awesome. Um, just the attention to detail and everything, it feels very Disneyland. But I think that's what sets those apart, uh, those parks apart from the rest of, of everything else, is the theming on them and how 
how uh, intensely they go for that theming. Like, it definitely feels like you're stepping into another world when you go to those parks. It just feels so much different from anything else that I've seen anywhere. Um, and, and personally, I'm a big fan of that because uh, I think anyone that knows me as a person knows that I love nostalgia and escapism. <laughs> I, uh, I pretty much... Um, uh, they're all good things yeah I, I adore stories and games that let me feel like i'm somewhere else doing something more exciting than uh being a bank teller so um being <laughs> able to actually physically visit a place that makes me feel that way is is super cool so i definitely uh welcome to our like sponsored disney world section of the podcast i guess yeah i guess so um I didn't mean to just become a total shill for the brand here, but like, check it out because it's fun. Oh, I was gonna say, like, I definitely do enjoy like Disneyland. At least I think there's there's probably like a difference between like theme parks where it like focuses on a theme and amusement parks because you know amusement parks are nice. They have like roller coasters. I'd probably say like Silverwood. That's that's a a fun amusement park and even like lagoon i'd say you know that's probably at least in my mind i'd say that's like an amusement park whereas disneyland disneyland that's a, a theme you know that that has that sort of escapism aspect to it and i really enjoy that you know i'm really looking forward to the day when you know i'm able to to take a trip down to you know whether it's universal studios or disney disney world like i really look forward to so i'd say i would think that they're you know i would agree they're probably different things entirely yeah that's a good point that distinction between theme park and amusement park that feels pretty important in this discussion um i think they set out to do different goals right like like the goal of lagoon is different than the goal of disney world they're they're trying to accomplish different yeah. things um i think obviously like uh the rides at a place like lagoon are going to be more thrilling than the lights the rides at disney yeah, World. It, it focuses more on that for sure but can i build a lightsaber at lagoon <laughs> exactly no <laughs> exactly and, and and that's like i think that's exactly it like they they are on a different level because they are doing different different things they they have different goals mm -hmm. in mind yeah all uh, right that's a good one i like that one what's what's our next hot take michael uh this one is saying that trailers before the movie are just as important as the movie just as fun i see i like this one a lot and i am very inclined to agree i always get to a movie yeah, you, i would say you're a connoisseur of movies i i like to think of myself as such um, working at the movie theater back when I was, was doing that definitely allowed that to happen a lot more because I could go for free. Um, but I definitely, I definitely consider myself to be one. And as a creative writing major and someone who hopes to one day write films, hopefully, um, I definitely like to pay attention to that, but I always get to a movie as best as I can. I try to get to a movie 15 minutes before the show starts. And that means 15 minutes before the trailers start. Um, I like to be very early to movies. And uh, I know that not everyone shares that sentiment. I know a lot of people who are like, the movie starts at 7, so we don't have to get there until 7.30 because we can skip out yeah, on the trailers. True. And that bugs the ever-living heck out of me. <laughs> I cannot stand getting to a movie that late. I've yeah, got to I, be there early. I certainly agree <laughs> Yeah, so you you're into trailers as well. You're on that same side of the fence. Yeah, I I love movie trailers. Um, it's super fun, but I know that that there really is that duality because some people are always like, oh, well, we can skip the trailers, just like you were saying. You know, we don't need to arrive there on time because it's just trailers. But for me, it's like, man, I don't want to miss that. Like, those are always super fun. You know, just like. Even if it's a trailer I've seen before, there's something really nice about watching it on the big screen like that. It's just even more exciting. You know, it's like I remember growing up, we'd go watch like the Avengers, you know, or some Marvel 
movie and then we'd watch other marvel trailers <laughs> as part of it and we just would get even more excited so i can't imagine like not having trailers how does um how does your wife feel about movie trailers like do you guys have the same mindset when it comes to arriving to movies to watch trailers um honestly we haven't been to a movie in a long time well i feel like um, most people haven't been for a while <laughs> because of recent events but oh well, yeah that's exactly what i'm saying like man i can't even think what the last movie we went to like in person um actually i mean we we do like she likes watching them like we, we like watching the trailers we actually went to uh, a drive-in theater like i think just last week not technically like a full movie theater experience, but they had trailers and we both enjoy watching them and seeing what's new. Cause sometimes, especially like in our busy lives, we don't know what movies are coming out. So it's sometimes nice to watch them and be like, Oh, Hey, you know, that, that looks pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think like, like I try and stay pretty on top of movies that are coming out. I think that like Twitter really helps me do that. I, I try and stay really tuned in to the entertainment side of uh, of of the internet um but i'm still surprised when i go to a movie theater and see a trailer for a movie that i didn't even know existed um i think that's because the trailers that yeah. i tend to follow and get shown on twitter are ones that cater more toward my uh tastes like i i definitely get comic book <laughs> movies and like monster movies and stuff like that those are the trailers i see more often um but so, so there are definitely times where i go and like it's a movie that i have never heard of before because it's not necessarily in my uh top three categories of films i would mm -hmm. go watch but um i, I yeah, love doing was... it yeah we just like we watched uh, a movie and there was a, a trailer for lin-manuel miranda's new movie mm, yeah um, something about like in the heights or along those lines but i didn't even know that was coming out I didn't even know he was working on a movie. So seeing that trailer, both of us were like, hey, that looks pretty good. Like, you know, and, and thankfully, thanks to those trailers, I've got a new movie to look forward to. So out of um, the movies that you know are coming out, what are you most hyped for? Oh, man. See, that's the thing. I don't know what movies are coming out right now. <laughs> I think I think for me, it's Spider Man, uh, No Way Home. I think is yeah, what it's called. Yeah, I have. Uh, I've seen quite a few things on that because they were even like joking around between different titles of the movie. You know, so yeah, that's going to be exciting. Either either that Spider Man one or Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. That one looks like it's going to be pretty awesome as well. Oh man, well, spe speaking of movies. Marvel. Loki just came out today, the first episode of Loki. Oh, okay. I haven't watched Not it yet. That. I haven't watched it yet. But uh I'm going to as soon as we wrap up here, I'm gonna go watch Loki <laughs> and then we'll have to talk about it next week. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I'll try and catch up. Because it seems it's yeah, first episode came out today, so it definitely definitely looks pretty cool. Um well that's that that was good. Let's uh let's do another one here. Um at Andrew Shank on Twitter says, I hate bathtubs. Maybe it's just because I'm tall and I haven't fit in one in 10 years, but they're just too hot and terrible and you just take a shower after anyway, so just take a shower. I, mm. I think the idea of taking a shower after a bath is, is interesting. Um, I almost wonder that might apply more to like hot tubs than just actual bathtubs, but... Um, that is a sentiment that I share. As a tall person, I, I'm not a big fan of taking baths because they're I, I'm too big for the bathtub most of the time, so it's not very comfy. Um, I have to choose whether I want my knees to be warm or whether I want my nipples to be warm because I can't have both in the water at the same time because I'm too long. So it is, it is yeah, just an experience that is not super pleasurable to see, me. See, I'm not even like that tall. Yeah, I'm not even that tall, and I certainly agree with that. Like, I, I feel like whoever designs bathtub is just missing the mark. Like, 
if you're going to make a tub, make, make it big enough for people to fit in. Also, like, a tub is just not a comfortable thing to sit in. Like, it's it's all hard and, and like, like angular. Like, it's not conducive to to body shape so it's not comfortable to to sit in for a long period yeah. of time yeah i agree i think you know maybe like five years ago i would have disagreed with andrew because you know bats you know it's still kind of nice but they're just not comfortable that like like you said they're just not as comfortable you know, as we'd like to think. Yeah, and, and I just like everything about a bath to me just just seems like a little off. Like for one, like if I'm getting in a bath to to get clean, everything I wash off of me is just in the water. So I'm just floating in this like filth soup that I've created for myself. <laughs> I'm just like mm. marinating in in myself and that's not super pleasant to think about and there's not a yeah, lot to and i think that's why andrew showers like, yeah exactly i think that's why because like you you need to rinse yourself off <laughs> you need so. to rinse yourself off of yourself <laughs> and oh. there's there's just like like what do you do in a bath like i don't want to be sitting alone with my thoughts for that long like to relax in a bath i would yeah. rather be distracting myself with with like reading or or tv or just scrolling through twitters or playing games or something like i want to be doing something else if i'm going to be relaxing i want to do something that mm -hmm. is relaxing by distracting myself and if i'm in a bath i don't want to hold a book because what if i drop it it gets wet i don't have a tv in my bathroom so i can't like do anything of, of that sense so it's just not conducive to the type of relaxing that i enjoy which is like more of a distraction than anything else I agree. They're definitely not not the best. I feel like they need to to advance the bath for me to to say it would be an enjoyable experience like that. What is your next level bathtub that would transform it into something enjoyable like that? See, that actually is a good question. See, I think for me one it needs to be longer. Like, even I am not that tall of a dude, and bathtubs are still too short. And they're very much very angular and not comfortable in that way either. So shape definitely would need to change. I don't mind, like... Like, sometimes if I want to take a bath, sometimes I'll either, like, rinse off in the shower first, or I'll just accept that I'll rinse off after, you know? So I don't mind that. I don't think you could fix that problem, <laughs> but at least without fundamentally it, like, changing what a bath in. is. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think that's the approach, but at least just making it slightly more comfortable to like fit in would be great. Okay, so picture this. You know those uh, like you go in an old school McDonald's and they have those like red and yellow cushions on the seats that have that like kind of like glossy like plasticky finish to them and they're they're kind of soft and, yeah. and smushy if you just line your bathtub so we're, we're talking like a circular almost like kind of slanted um like ball pit-esque shape for your bathtub lined with those kind of that kind of padding that's kind of glossy and water resistant so the water is not going to soak into it so then you've yeah. got like a nice soft and round area for you to relax in and water. I think that is a nice fundamental change. Plus you can make the cushions all sorts of fun colors. And... True. Heck, you could even make it like waterbed style. Oh, yeah. Waterbed seems like I a natural fit be... for it. Yeah. See, that would actually be pretty interesting. Waterbed bathtub? i do that. Yeah. yeah. The waterbed bathtub. All our um, don't anyone tweets. take that from us. We're gonna get a million dollars off that idea. That is ours. Back away, you vultures. 
<laughs> every suite in Goodland features a water. <laughs> yeah. Every house that we build in the valley has one of those in it. So once once we finally open it up for travel, you all will be living in the style that we are. We can't wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Michael, go ahead. Give us another one. Okay. Uh, I think one that kind of comes close to this, it, it's having to do with, uh, you know, bathroom and comfort. This one is saying that the bidet is superior to toilet paper. That's interesting. I... I have never experienced a bidet before. Oh, see, I would have thought you would have. I have wish that I have. I guess I've, I, I've been to Paris, and I have not experienced yeah. a bidet. <laughs> I was going to say, I would have thought that you would have experienced this. I have not, and I. it is one of my lifelong dreams to experience <laughs> the, the, the magic <laughs> of a bidet you just want to experience it i want to know what it's like everyone talks about it all the time so well, what has been your impression from what people have you said people talk about it all the time what are the the things you commonly hear i think most people agree it's it's pretty rad and, and most of the time like when i picture a bidet most of the time what i'm picturing is like the tushy like that uh the tushy bidet the uh a toilet attachment I know that I think traditionally a bidet is like a little mini sink next to the toilet that you do your business in and then like transfer over to the bidet. Um, oh, wow. I haven't even heard of that one. Yeah, that's like that's like the OG old school bidet. And it's like a little sink or like a drinking fountain. So you, you do your you do your biz okay. and then you move over to another appliance. And that yeah. like traditional bidet seems uncomfortable and ineffective to me because you got to do your little like squat waddle over to the next uh appliance you know yeah i i like the the built into the toilet that yeah seems more that seems the way to go to me if it's traditional bidet that seems uh very uncomfortable i don't want to have to like stay squatted as i like side shuffle over <laughs> to another appliance no um, that, that doesn't sound fun definitely sounds like room for error yeah it sounds anxiety inducing <laughs> um, but the built-in tushy bidet sounds just awesome like it just seems rad and and like anything that will prevent me from putting this hand that close to, to to that region of my body anything that prevents that from being a necessity seems like a good idea to me like <laughs> It just seems like it, it removes a lot of, uh, how, how do you say this? Um, it removes a lot of uh, unsanitary uh, practice from our lives. That's true. A lot of it's hands-free. As someone who's never That's used funny. a bidet, my biggest question is, like, do you dry off after? Or, like, what's the protocol there? What's the procedure? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't, I know, so I know this, there are many different varieties of bidet. Okay. That much, I do know. So there are some that are super fancy and use like hot, there are some that like hot water, even like you get to adjust the temperature. There are some that like blow you off. Like there, so there is some that air dry. I know that. <laughs> It, ooh, that seems like a nice uh, a nice feature. Um, <laughs> okay, so I googled it. This says uh, once you have cleaned your genital and anal areas, you dry yourself off. Some bidets have a cloth towel nearby, and then in caps it says, "Do not use this towel is for drying off your hands only." Most bidets have a built-in air dryer. <laughs> if the one you're facing does not use toilet paper. But please, for the love of God, do not use the cloth towel next to the bidet. <laughs> so, good to know. I just, I, I would, I, I, I think that this entire article was written like this. The concept for behind this article being birthed into the into the aether that is the internet uh, had to do with a poor experience with that very <laughs> situation. <laughs> A hundred percent. You know that it did. 
Well, I think even as someone who has not used a bidet, I think the concept of it reigns superior. I can't speak with any um, any experience, but just uh, in my brain picture of it alone, it wins out. Yeah, see, I have had the opportunity, and I agree, much better. Definitely superior. <laughs> I'm surprised it's not quite like as as normal that is as it is it's becoming more normal i think in the world but a lot of people are extremely wary of it if you are listening i am currently accepting a donation of a tushy bidet to attach to my toilet so if you feel a spark of generosity in your heart please don't deprave uh, deprave me of this sensation any longer Thank you. That is all. <laughs> Are you ready See, for another hot take? Well, and that's why I don't have. Oh, one. yeah. Um, maybe maybe we'll come across a very. <laughs> I was going to say a very well endowed listener, but I, I meant like wealthy. I meant well endowed in a monetary <laughs> sense, not in like. A... <laughs> you know what that means? If someone donates it. <laughs> You just learned a lot about them. <laughs> you can only buy me a bidet if. Would you like another hot take, Michael? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this one comes from my father. And. Uh, oh, let's hear what he has to say. My dad's my dad says that uh, the Hobbit um, is better than the entirety of the Lord of the Rings. And I th specifically, I think he's talking about the books, um, but he says that The Hobbit is better than mm -hmm. Lord of the Rings. I figured mm -hmm. you would have a lot to say on this subject. Yeah, man, I have certainly read both of them. And I can tell you this, I have read The Hobbit many more times than I've read Lord of the Rings. Partly because it is one adventure done very well. Uh, within one book i think as far as like a classic fantasy adventure the hobbit is like prime it is one of the best i think it has everything you could want in a fantasy adventure it's incredible um as far as like comparing it to lord of the rings they really are so different like we kind of just kind of lump them together but they really are extremely different i feel like for me the Hobbit is like a good novel. And then Lord of the Rings, it's just, it's a lot. I need to, to really, really want to read them, to read them. Just because, like, Tolkien just does such a good job writing. Like, almost too good. Hmm. Like, like, he'll take, he'll go on some tangents, whether it's, you know, five pages to describe a song that some elves are singing <laughs> or the ways the trees look, you know, he goes on some tangents, but the Hobbit is just like concentrated adventure and fantasy. Yeah, I agree. I definitely, um, I definitely am pro Hobbit. Like you, I have read the Hobbit many more times than I've read Lord of the Rings. Um, I've only got all the way through the Lord of the Rings once. Um, and it was, it was like a task to do. Um, I, the part that always stands out to me is when he has Gimli explaining each mountain inside of the mountain range and like naming each individual mountain inside <laughs> of the mountain range. And I was just like, bro, why? Like, what is this? What is this give to the plot? Mm -hmm. And that's, I guess that's the biggest thing is like, uh, Lord of the Rings has a lot of stuff that doesn't, it feels like it doesn't directly, address like the plot of the novel which isn't like mm -hmm. necessary by any means to be a good story a lot of stuff it definitely goes to our building our understanding of the world um but it, yeah it... well i think that's a, a good distinction is i think lord of the rings is very much like world building and the 
Hobbit is like storytelling. Mm, yeah. Like, I can see that. I think that might be like a, a a good distinction. Both are telling stories, obviously, but Lord of the Rings definitely focuses on that quite a bit. And, you know, another thing that I'll give to Lord of the Rings and it's, it's uh, extensiveness, it's dedication to making sure you understand the subject matter. Mm-hmm. Um, it is impressive. It, it feels like you get to know the characters a lot more. Like, Hobbit is shorter than the three Lord of the Rings books, obviously, mm-hmm. so you don't spend as much time with the characters. Um, but I feel like, like especially with the dwarves, um, I could not name you all of the dwarves in Bilbo's adventuring party. I could name every member of the fellowship. Uh, And granted there are less members of the fellowship, but I also feel like I know the members of the fellowship better than I know any of the dwarves. That is a good point. Yeah. It's very, I think that's another thing that makes Lord of the Rings certainly more like extensive in pretty much every way is the Hobbit is very much a story from Bilbo's point of view. It's just kind of one person's viewpoint of this story. Whereas Lord of the Rings, you get to see viewpoints from almost every member of of the party. You know, we get to, you know, even when you get into the Two Towers and, you know, when we get into all of that, it's split between multiple different characters and, and it tells each one of their stories. We even get to hear the, the story of Treebeard, you know, we get to hear the story of so many different characters as opposed to just kind of the one perspective. So I think that that is probably another good distinction between the two of them. Yeah, it almost in, in that sense, it's almost more of like an anthology than a uh, isolated story. It, it's like a it's like a collection yeah. of stories that are all building toward the same climax, but. Like there, it gets to a point where it's like two separate adventures. Like as Bilbo and Sam are going toward Mordor on their own, Aragorn and Legolas are trying to track down Merry and Pippin, and it's like two completely different adventures yeah, in one book going series. On their own thing too. Yeah, it, it's like entirely separate stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's completely so... different. The fact that those were adapted into movies is insane when you think about it in that sense. Like that there's so many different stories going on at the same time that are loosely connected but not necessarily mm-hmm. linked all together. Um, the fact that those were adapted successfully into movies is insane. I do not envy Peter Jackson yeah. for having to put that together. Yeah, I mean, I understand that certainly there's probably a lot more Peter Jackson could have done. Obviously, he had so much material, but as far as book-to-movie conversions, that will always be one of the tops in my mind it was just incredible yeah i i think i think they handled it super well it was really impressive for for what they had to work with because there was so much to work with having to whittle it down into what it was and i say whittle it down into we know that they're like three hour movies so to think that like (laughs) it could have been so much so much more although i will never forgive him for the exclusion of tom bombadil yeah, that was pretty important and wasn't there. But they were At still great. Give us the, the six-hour cut, Peter Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Give it to us. Uh, maybe maybe we'll we'll get a series on uh, Amazon Prime. They're already doing a Lord of the Rings series, but if we can true. just get a true one-to-one conversion of the Lord of the Rings books, that would be pretty rad. <laughs> we'll take it. And really hard to watch. <laughs> Do you have another one? Another hot take that uh, Lord yeah. of the Rings was mine. Let's let's hear another one from you. Yeah, this one um, also kind of has to do with movies, um, but this is that 3D movies were never that good. Ooh. All right. Yeah. No, I can. <laughs> I feel like uh, I feel like I'm not giving these a fair a fair shake just based on my personal experiences. But I guess that's what a hot take is, right? Um, I am not a fan of 3D movies because I wear glasses. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, but also, I agree, 3D is a weird gimmick. Like, it's not really ever immersive. Like, watching a movie in 3D never really f- feels like I'm there, more so than a regular movie does. You know what yeah, I mean? it's not as 
inversive as it might seem, immersive as it might seem. Especially back um, when we were younger, when it was still red and blue, three D, yeah, like isn't, that. Isn't that, that crazy that that's what our three D was? That never looked good because everything was red and blue. Mm-hmm. I remember the very first three D movie I watched was Spy Kids. Spy Kids three, <laughs> or I think that's the video game one. Whichever one that one is, that was my first 3D movie that I watched with the good old red and blue glasses. And they couldn't even do it for the whole thing. It would like pause the movie and it would say, put on your glasses now. Yeah. And then you'd put them on. That's right. And it would like do a 3D gimmick and it'd be like, okay, take them off now so you can watch the movie. <laughs> That's right. I forgot how they split it up that way. Yeah. That blue chunks, that was like that was nowhere near immersive that wasn't even pretending to be but yeah. as, like i saw i saw doctor strange in imax when it came out and that was mm -hmm. pretty cool i saw i think hunger games that's one that i've seen in imax 3d i think if you're gonna see 3d you, you either should watch in real d just like regular movie vision or you should go to IMAX because IMAX is really where you're going to get the most bang for your buck. If you're going to pay more to go to a 3D movie anyway, you may as well get IMAX because at least it's decent. Mm -hmm. I agree. That one's pretty good. But I, I would still rather watch a movie just regular. Just give me, instead of the 3D gimmick, I like the gimmick of giant movie theaters where the screen is just massive and like kind of curved and like that's what i like instead of investing into 3d invest into really really big movie theaters that's way mm -hmm. cooler to me that's good. I, I like the I'll super size theaters you, i'll ask you this i agree with what you're saying you currently have a curved monitor screen mm -hmm. now i've 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 seen people and i've watched movies on curved tv screens like just huge curved tv screens how viable do you think it would be to have like a curved imax experience do you think that would add anything to it i think modern imax screens are curved i think they have are a, they? i think they have a bit of curve to them um and if they don't they should okay. i think i think it's super I was viable gonna say increase it <laughs> yeah exactly i think i think the curve is great um like when i load up a game on my curved monitor it 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 feels good now one i think it might be overstated like people especially like the companies who are selling you the monitors are going to overstate it i don't think it's necessarily like it's so much more like they're like it's going to immerse you in the game so much more i don't think that's necessarily true because it's not like vr it's not like it takes up your whole field of vision but um i do think mm -hmm. just something about the way that it um especially in a game where you can like see a horizon the way that it just curves the horizon just a bit to make it look that much more real is pretty neat so i'm definitely for yeah. it i'm for the curve that's good yeah i i know like i just looked up the good old imax theater that you and i went into like as growing up to one in boise and they are not showing one 3d movie so I remember a time when that was pretty much like all IMAX did was pretty much all of it was all 3D. Yeah, weird. But I can't now, I can't imagine why you would go to IMAX without the IMAX 3D. Yeah. I guess it would just be for the big screen and the like the surround yeah, sound that the it big has. Screen. Weird. I guess they use special cameras too, so it's supposed to be like yeah, crisper or whatever, but yeah, I I think 3D is a uh, is a gimmick, and it's not that cool. Uh, if you're gonna do it, go IMAX. Yeah. Okay. Right, do you have some good ones to to end us on? Yeah, I do. I I feel bad because I'm not gonna get to everybody. Um, I know we. This definitely may be something that might have to be split up. Yeah, I. Sure, I'm definitely gonna. Good I'm definitely gonna come up short, and I feel bad because people were pretty excited to to send these to me um 
Okay, I've got a good one. Um, Alexis Williams says, Jar Jar isn't annoying. He's sweet and endearing. Say that again? Jar Jar Binks is not Jar-Jar. annoying. He's sweet and he's endearing. Man, what a sentence. Give us your... Uh, take us back to your uh, first time consuming the media that is the Phantom Menace. And uh, give me your, your raw from the heart thoughts about Jar Jar Binks. Man, raw from the heart thoughts on Jar Jar Binks. <sighs> you know, I definitely did not hate him. I feel like the, the hate for Jar Jar Binks has increased through time. At least maybe that's because I was a kid watching it. <laughs> And maybe Jar Jar was a little bit closer to my target audience. But I definitely didn't, like, hate Jar Jar Binks. There are definitely times where I thought he was annoying. But, like, never was I like, oh, man, Jar Jar Binks is ruining this. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I could say I ever thought of him as endearing. But definitely didn't, like, dislike him too hard. Yeah, I'm with you. I am not anti-Jar Jar. Um, I think I'm pretty Jar Jar neutral, <laughs> I would say. Um, Jar Jar neutral. The episodes of Star Wars The Clone Wars where Jar Jar is like the main focus of them, there are a few where he is the main focus of them. Those episodes of Star Wars The Clone Wars usually get a skip on my rewatch. Um, but... Um, as far as like him as a character goes, yeah. I'm not, I'm not too, I'm not too concerned. Um, I think he's fine. There are a lot of nerds, and this is a good segue into another one that I have. Um, this is by uh, Ashley Johnson, and she has uh, a pretty solid take on fandom and like Star Wars, kind of specifically. Um, she said, "I love Star Wars just as much as the next guy." Um, but I do not love the toxic fans that try to push their opinions of the franchise onto her. Um, she says that a lot of people um, feel the need to kind of mansplain Star Wars every time it comes up. Um, and she says that when it comes down to it, her, to- her hot take is that toxic fans need to be called out and shut down no matter the franchise. You are not the author or the screenwriter, so you can't change what is done. And I think that is... A brilliant take because a lot of and like with the super supreme jar jar haters you know they're people who think that um star wars is something that is like like untouchable and something like there's some like written rule code that if you break it it's no longer star wars anymore and i don't think that's true i i love star wars to death i love it so much i love everything about it and i love everything that is star wars and i don't think that throwing jar jar in to make the kids laugh during the phantom menace is bad i don't think it tarnishes star wars at all because there isn't mm-hmm. like star wars isn't necessarily something that can be tarnished like it's not something that is so holy and untouchable that it cannot be that it cannot be manipulated that there cannot be new uh or different things added to it i think if if things stay the same, if every movie was Empire Strikes Back, then it would just get old. The fact that we're trying new things, though some of them may not stick, Jar Jar isn't like an all-out winner, but the fact that we're willing to try new things like Jar Jar, I think is good for Star Wars because it allows us to break into new and more exciting territory. Yeah, I agree. You know, at the end of the day, you you really can't please everyone. And I feel like um, it's good for a franchise, especially one that is as old and large as Star Wars. It's good for it to adapt and find it. It's, you know, the, the good medium spot, you know, that good in between. Like, I feel like it's very good. I've really enjoyed, like, some of the new movies. Like, certainly some aren't my favorite but like in each one there's always like oh man i really enjoy this scene you know i like this story writing aspect and to me that's good enough i don't need to love the whole entire movie i feel like it'd be unfair to ask that you know so i really do 
I'll find the things that I enjoy, you know, relish in them. And then besides that, that's okay. You know, so I agree. Like, I really don't like that people just over explaining Star Wars or really any franchise and then, you know, hating on it because it's changing or not what it used to be. You know, I, I very much disagree with that. You know, it, it is what it is. Yeah. And I guess for one thing, I guess I would say that as a Star Wars fan, maybe I'm lucky that there hasn't been anything that I've seriously disliked. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm lucky that I'm a little more open-minded and willing to accept these new changes because it allows me to continue enjoying this thing that I love. It, it honestly must suck to be one of those original trilogy purists who thinks that everything that has come after the original trilogy sucks and, and tarnishes the name of star Wars. It, it probably blows to have that mindset because you can't enjoy this thing that you love so much. So maybe I'm just lucky or, or maybe people just need to <laughs> chill out a bit. I don't know what the answer is here, but, mm-hmm. but I know that I like star Wars. <laughs> yeah. So do I, I just can't imagine putting that much energy into like hating something that I love you know, or once loved. So, yeah, it's it definitely or way more it an uncomfortable experience for others. Certainly, like I want other people to experience the good things. Yeah, no, that's a good point too. Like, even even if there was something that I didn't like, I know for a fact that I would not be going out of my way to antagonize those who did enjoy it. Because, like, good for mm-hmm. them, good for them for being able to find joy in something. Because there are a lot of people who aren't able to who who aren't able to find joy in in things and so to those who can to those who can enjoy things and have fun like good on you you're doing it right because you are i I think that's part of why we're here right is to have fun and find things that we like and so to those who who are able to chase that bliss like good for you you're winning at life well i think that we have uh we have certainly discussed some hot takes um i (laughs) i was kind of hoping that we would disagree on some so that we could like have a a little bit of a debate but Mm -hmm. i think as we learned from our goodly wed game episode we're pretty much (laughs) on the same wavelength about most things that is true same wavelength and i think a lot of hot takes are really just someone having the courage to say something others don't. <laughs> yeah, we all feel the same way. You just stepped up to say it. So good yeah. on you guys. Um, if you guys have any more hot takes after listening to this, if we have sparked some in you, certainly let us know down in the comments of the YouTube video or on our socials at Goodland Pod on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. Uh, you can leave it that uh, video where I asked for them is still available on TikTok. So feel free to jump into those comments and give us some more. Um, we certainly will probably revisit this because I have plenty that were submitted that we didn't get to. Um, and I, I would love to do more yeah. kind of audience submission episodes in the future. Um, and again, if you have any ideas for future Goodland episodes, be sure to let us know. Um, I know that we had a request for another uh, Goodlywed game. Um so we'll have to bust another one of those out. Um, yeah, might need to get one moderated. I would love to do to that. A, if you would like to be our game show host for an episode of the Goodlywood game, let us know. Um, we would love to have a host on to, to moderate that for us. I think that'd be fun. Um, but for sure, reach out to us. Um, thank you so much for coming to the Valley and checking us out. Uh, it means the world to us that you're taking the time to listen to our show Shout out to our good friends, Tanner Behunin and Trevor Ball. Um, we have learned that they They're are the they are avid listeners and connoisseurs of Goodland. So thank you guys for coming and supporting us every week. It means the world to us. Same to uh, Spencer Sparks and Andrew Shank. I know they tune in to, to a good chunk of these as well. So thank you guys for supporting us like that. It, it really means the world to us. Um, and to everyone else who is listening, uh, just cause I didn't name you by name doesn't mean we don't love you so much. So thank you for listening. Be sure to let others know about Goodland so that they can experience the good vibes too. And, uh, 
Let's see. What else do I usually say? It's been a week. I'm a little off my game. Michael, do you have anything else to add here as we wrap up? What was that? Do you have anything else to add here oh. as we wrap up? <gasps> no, uh, this has been great. I've, I mean, it's so good just being able to do things centered around those who are listening. So if you are listening and haven't told us you're listening, please do so. One, we can give you a shout out, and two, it just makes us even happier. So if you're listening to this or anyone, let us know. Make our day. That is that is very true. It totally does make our day to know that you're out there supporting us. Um, and uh, on that note, everyone, this has been Goodland, and I'm glad you're alive. Thank you.